When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And it's not just Purple Daily. It's Purple Daily live with Judd and Declan. Phil is en route home from Denver, Colorado, where he was at a podcast convention. But we do not stop. And today the Vikings completed uh, what officially is now the end of training camp. They have a preseason game left on Saturday. But today was joint practice two against the Cardinals. And this is now officially the end of training camp. Roster Rolling cuts out. will come on Tuesday. So I am done going out to TCO on a daily basis. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. As you can see, I'm a little bit reddened by the heat and hey. sun, although today was it's, it's far better. Far you got far you got the nice superior. skin for tan though. Like you know, you know like I, I burn. I have that I I'd have to be applying yeah, well, SPF every twenty minutes. You're worse than me, but I'm bad. So like okay. I'm I am I burn, but you are worse, yes. But you know what? I I'm going to combat this problem. I'm going to, and and look, it's the end of camp. It's a day of celebration. We've made it through. We are very close to the regular season and that calls for a toast. And when you're toasting, you don't just toast anything. No, 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 no. What you do is you toast the mission. The before I die mission from Surly Brewing. Ladies and gentlemen, it is here. The season is almost here. And now you're saying, oh, Judd, that's a prop. You're not going to deliver, are you? And I'm telling you, absolutely, I'm going to deliver and enjoy a before I die as I give you my camp notes because Declan Goff, Surly gets it. The and surly. Uh, uh, lift, lift up your hands just a little bit more. So okay, hold on. there you yep. go. Okay, okay. I think it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty there good you go. pour. Your there thoughts? You yes, very yeah, good pour. Frosted yeah, glass, delicious, delicious beer, just right too, just right for a uh, session drink. So there. I've got it. Hold on. I'm going to take a sip. And then we can begin with the camp notes, a final day. I love it. So Judd's camp notes coming up right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Hit the Mm. subscribe button for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. Training camp is now done. We have one more preseason game to go. Also, by the way, a little programming note, Mm. Purple Daily, Mackie, Judd, and myself. Dexter is literally right off the golf course. I am rolling off hole 18 into the state fair in my golf giddy up. We'll be live from the Minnesota State Fair on Saturday at 1 o'clock, uh, right behind the on, the, on the on the big stage, right behind the KSTP booth uh, where Channel 5 and 45 is located. Uh, you can go find us. You can go we're right in, it's kind of near the grandstand. Uh, it's a great little spot. We'll be out there for like an hour. We'll talk some Vikings. We'll actually even do like some random Vikings of the week. We'll have a little bit of fun. So if you're coming out to the State Fair, specifically on Saturday at 1 o'clock, Come say hi to us. Judd will give you a hello, maybe even yeah. a cheers. 
It's during the Vikings game, so if you don't, I get it because we are sort of – but, I mean, come on. It's preseason game three. No one's going to play. So, yes, come out and definitely say hi. And uh, if you're – if you would like to toast to Surly, I think Sports Dad could be persuaded along with Dex tweets, and my guess is Phil Mackey to do exactly that. Okay, so should we get to the camp notes? Let's do it. All right, let's get to the camp notes. Um, second day of a, a joint practice, as I said, against the Cardinals. Now, interestingly, they went just about the full length of the practice in the stifling heat of Wednesday, but on Thursday, on what was a great day for a football practice, they cut her about a half hour short. So they, uh, instead of going until, I think they're supposed to go 11.45 to 2, they went 11.45 to 1.30. Um, there's a few things to get to here, though. And I'll get to the highlights of the camp. And to, today was actually, I thought, incredibly mixed when it came to the Vikings offense. But I want to get to a talker that I think that we probably should pay more attention to. Right. And, that, and that is this. The lack of quality depth at the running back position. Kane Wongwu, just to be very clear here, who was expected to challenge Ty Chandler for that backup job, is still not back. And I don't know when he's coming back, but I can tell you this, he has missed almost all of camp, okay? And Kane is not, he's a kick returner, but when it comes to the trust in him at running back, that's not there. And it's certainly not going to be there by him not practicing. Now, let me read you the 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 running backs that are in camp right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Ty Chandler, the recently signed Aaron Dykes, a uh, rookie who is a former Richmond Spider. Alexander Madison, who is your starter. Um, Dwayne McBride, Kane Wongwu, and then Abram Smith, the guy from the uh, D.C. Defenders who was brought in as well. If anything happens to Madison, though, as far as I can tell right now, you've got Ty Chandler, and that is it. I don't – as the cuts come up, Dex, and as we get to a point where the Vikings are going to certainly have to make some decisions, not only on their roster construction, but examining the market and who gets put out there on Tuesday, I think running back is one to keep a big-time eye on because without having Wong Wu, and I don't know when he is going to come back, and without having really what you consider to be quality depth behind a guy in Madison, who I think we all believe will be fine, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, I'm going to be surprised if the Vikings don't add a running back whose name this time around we probably all recognize. Interesting. So you're saying that if they are to add a running back, it's going to be someone of that we know. It's not going to be some slappy. It's right. going to be an established guy who has had some carries in the NFL, had a little bit of a run. Um, to give them a little bit more, I guess, stability at the position. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. And security. Like the the problem is that I don't know that the coaching staff has gotten enough of the looks uh, enough of the looks about the guys that have been added since camp started to trust them. And I think we all believe from what, especially what we saw against Seattle in the preseason game that Ty Chandler could be good, but we don't really know that. Alexander Madison is certainly not as much of a sure thing as Dalvin Cook was. So, yes, I think that this offense, to feel secure, and keep in mind, this is Kevin O'Connell's baby. I think this offense, to feel secure, is probably going to add, and I'm not saying it's going to have to be a huge name, but what I am saying is I'm going to be surprised if they they keep a bunch of these backs uh, in final cuts, but I think they're going to want to have at least three running backs 
and CJ Ham at fullback. And if Wang Wu can't be trusted to play, I guess the question is, do you keep him and hope? Because I got to think there was a thought process that he'd be back by now. And he right. has not been back. I mean, he has not. We've been talking about this for what now, Dex? Three weeks, three plus weeks. So, yes, I think that there is a concern about the depth, uh, rightfully so, at the running back spot. So more likely for Wang Wu in IR stint to start the season or just doesn't make the roster as a flat out cut. Well, if he's put on IR in the final cuts, he's out for the entire year. You can't bring him back. So you would essentially have to take him into week one as an active IR him at that point, And then he can come back, I think, after three or four weeks. But I wonder, you know, the thing is, you can make the argument that Wang Wu is such a good kickoff returner that that could help him make the roster. But here's my question on that. What's the value there? So, like, I mean, kick out, the league is trying to get rid of them. I'm not saying it's a non-issue. I am saying it's not, you know, if Wang Wu had a skill set, a certain skill set that was valuable in this league, and the league was not trying to eliminate his job, I'd say he's probably going to make it. I also have to believe that his length of timeout could cause some frustration here as well. Mm-hmm. And football teams don't like to be frustrated by their players. So I'm just keep an eye out. Keep an okay. eye on that position because the depth at that position to me is incredibly suspect. You know, I, I was skeptical of Ty Chandler even making the roster. I think Ty Chandler will make the roster. My write yeah. that down prediction will probably be an eh. But I did hedge that a little bit a few weeks ago and said, I, I don't write that down session, I think two sessions ago now, that they will sign a player who's not currently on the roster that makes their 53. And now you're even saying that it, signs are pointing, or I guess not signs are pointing. Wouldn't surprise you if there I'm is a veteran. Yes. I'm there, opining. That, that, yes, opining that there could be a chance that a running back is added to this roster. Okay. Correct. Okay. Correct. Because I think you were too down on Chandler. Mm-hmm. but I also think that a lot of folks were, were too like, oh, my God, they found their back. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I think that there is a a happy medium with Ty Chandler. And, you know, but the, but the reality is this. If in week one against Tampa Bay, Madison gets hurt, and as we know in this town, running backs get hurt, Ty Chandler's it. Right. That's a problem. Okay. That's a problem. So, anyway, okay, so that's note one. Keep an eye on the running back position and the depth there. Don't be surprised if the Vikings add. Okay. Um, the second one is a move that came out during, I believe, while we were recording uh, the earlier Purple Daily with Phil today, talking a lot about Trey Lance, if you want to catch that episode. And that is a roster move made today. And I find it interesting because I think it's a hint at where another concern lies. Um, the Vikings released or terminated the contract of – wide receiver Nikhil Harry, who they signed a couple of weeks ago. But keep in mind, he came up with a some type of soft tissue injury and couldn't play in the game against uh, Tennessee last Saturday. You could tell O'Connell, I don't know if he was mad at Harry, but you could tell O'Connell was annoyed because the def- that game, and I think this game were definitely intended to give him, him a chance. I don't think he was tracking to play on Saturday. So the Vikings said, hey, we took a right. look-see. See ya. But the guy they signed is, is a safety who, not surprisingly, comes from the Rams. That's his background. So O'Connell is familiar with this guy. Uh, Jake Gervais and Declan, what's interesting about this is a couple weeks ago, they signed uh, a linebacker who was actually with Cardinals last year, Tanner Vallejo. Both of these guys 
are no threats to make the roster as positional guys, but they're both considered really good on special teams. And while I'm not predicting either one is going to make the 53, I am saying I think the fact that they're being brought in is a nod to the fact that there's a little bit concern about some of the special teams. And clearly the Vikings, if nothing else, want to create competition because you are going to keep a few guys specifically for their special teams play. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, I saw the note that came out about Gervais being added here, and he had some time with the Rams, and not just with Kevin O'Connell, but also with Matt Daniels, who was also in L.A. during that time. And uh, Gervais also a ton of special team snaps. Uh, last year was a key contributor on special teams. You saw action in all 19 regular season games uh, during their Super Bowl run. Yeah, just a ton of different snaps uh, for the for the special team side of things for him. And I don't think it's a knock on Lewis scene. It's more of an, it's more of a uh, assurance that they have to get the special team side of the ball. We sometimes overlook it. We just look at kickers and punters. There's a certain um, a set of positions there that are also very, very important. So unfortunate on Nikhil Harry. Cause yes, he, I don't think had a good chance to make this roster, but yeah, doesn't suffer that injury. And he's probably still here still at training camp on August 24th. Yep. And instead he gets a cut. Uh, mm-hmm. But an interesting little signing there in Gervais, who was a special teams ace for the Rams last year. Okay, now turning to, to today, and as you can see here, Dex, I've got my notes. I was okay. taking notes on my phone, very up-to-date, 53, hip as can be, typing away, lots of notes to get to. But before we get to uh, Judd's notes from camp today, why don't you tell us a little bit about your friends at 3Jack and all the delicious eats you can get there. Yeah, it's delicious food. Obviously, they're known for their golf simulator, babe, but they also got a great snack option there. And you know what? I just said snacks. I said golf simulator. How about fantasy football? Man, those are some of the best things to do in the month of August here in Minnesota, okay? You can host your fantasy football draft party at 3Jack. You book a bay for two hours, and guess what? You get the first hour for free. Go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com. You can order these loaded nachos. You can um, you know, sly on your other friends who are, you know, drafting a dumb position at the end of the first or second round. You can uh, get the best of all your friends and make fun of them at 3Jack. Go to 3Jack and 3Jack.com to book that simulator bay or to book that fantasy football draft party. Dude who never remembers who was drafted and just wings it. That guy. Yeah. And, like, and like tries to take Patrick Mahomes in the third round. And you're like, guy, he was drafted like second overall oh i'm sorry hold on a second and then he pulls out a magazine and starts to thumb through it all right let's get to the let's get to the uh camp notes for something that does not annoy us uh good news brian asamoah formerly asamoah but we've been told asamoah uh who took part in individual drills yesterday coming back from a shoulder injury might have had a couple reps in team but didn't do much uh was rotating in today in team on a regular basis for, at times, Ivan Pace Jr. But here's what's interesting is I saw a few formations, and this is how multiple, yes, I said multiple, Brian Flores' defense is going to be. There were uh, there were times when Ivan Pace Jr. and Brian Asamoah were on the field together, no Jordan Hicks. Now, that's lacking on experience, but what that is also doing is in certain pe- packages giving you some real speed. So I found that to be intriguing where Asamoah is as far as 
development in this defense goes, I don't know because he did miss some substantial time. He has not played. And I think he, he would have played in both preseason games. Now I'm guessing because of the injury, he won't play on Saturday. Uh, but I think there's no question. He's a little bit behind the eight ball. And I also think that the assumption was go- going into camp that he was going to start pace has made an impact. That's positive, but it is, good news and i would be curious to see one if they get exposed but two what uh what the speed is on the field if pace and osmo play together but good news he was back at practice you know it's just very amateur defensive football question here but it just seems like with so many inexperienced guys on this defensive side of the ball but with a really good and respected coordinator in brian flores that his goal here even though you people probably don't know who Brian Asamoah and Ivan Pace are necessarily, he's going to want to confuse offenses as much as possible. Like, is that oh, a, yeah. is that a decent, and I know like a lot of defenses try to do that. Don't get me wrong. But I feel yeah. like that's something that Flores is trying to implement with these different formations, multiple positions on the field that wouldn't be on the field in traditional base defenses. I gather that's what Flores kind of wants to deploy against other offenses. Yeah, he wants to create, uh, in their mind, controlled chaos and confusion. And it's going to be, so I I asked him, uh, Flores actually did the afternoon press conference today after the practice. And I said, where is this in relation to where you want? And he, you know, stopped me and said, it's always a work in progress. And I'm like, yeah, but are you happy? Are you ticked off? Like, are you making, have you progressed with one preseason game left and what, two weeks out from the opener? Have you progressed to where you want things? And he's like, no. Um, he did. I mean, I think he's relatively satisfied with the work that's been done. Uh, but you know, in his words, there are a lot of unknowns and Declan, to your point, the issue there is he wants to confuse offenses, but he doesn't know yet if what he's trying to do is going to confuse guys on his defense. So like, this is going to be, I think the first three or four games are going to be really a testing ground to see exactly at full speed in a game how in sync and how in tune these guys are because they're going to be asked to do a ton of things that they have not done previously. And it's great to confuse the offense, but what you don't want to do is confuse your own players. And so I think that's sort of the fine line that Brian Flores is walking here. On the confusing players part and just internal you know, tape that they'll have. This is going to be a really interesting, not predicament, but situation for the Vikings where they're going to open the season against Baker Mayfield, a obviously below average quarterback in Tampa Bay. And then four days later, they're in Philadelphia going against the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts, who ran all over them and gushed all over them basically last year. And they're going to have two totally different styles of tapes in the span of four days to like analyze and look at. Like, I just don't, see a situation where they let's say hey they shut down you know the vikings handle tampa Bay in week one easily right it's 21 to 10 final score and baker mayfield is never in control you can't really get too hotty because in three days you got to four days you got to yeah. turn around and play one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the nfl and he can just carve you up and that's what scares me if i'm if i'm floors what scares me is this the opponent's run game i don't know enough about this defensive line and the interior like I do, I do think the Vikings will find ways to get pressure on guys like Baker that will give him major problems passing, because right. while there is going to be concern about the cornerbacks, they can hold up a lot better if if 
all of these stunts and blitzes confuse a guy like Baker. But as you just said, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, offensive lines mammoth. That's what concerns me. I, I am I am far more concerned about this team's ability to stop the run. And like Jordan Hicks is going to have to be the linebacker to do it. Um, but I think a guy like Pace and Asamoah, I think that those type of players are going to be, they might get beat in the pass game, but they can recover there. Right. I'm more concerned about what happens when, you know, Hurt scrambles. Do you spy him? Okay, now the Eagles run game becomes a problem. So that's what that's what worries me right now is I think that this team has the pass rushers and the blitz packages to get after QBs who aren't mobile, but when you play guys that are, what are you going to do and how are you going to stop the opponents from from running the ball down your throat? And I think that's going to be the absolute key thing to potential wins and losses as as this defense goes. Last thing on this before we get to more of uh, Judd's camp notes, but did I see that Ivan Pace had the green dot today? In he's practice? had the green dot a few times, yes. Yes, he's had the green dot. Um, he had the green dot in Seattle. I believe he had the green dot against the Titans. So, yeah, so, and I mean, that that speaks volumes right there. That speaks volumes to the trust because, I mean, this guy's a kid. And the green dot means that the defensive play calls from Brian Flores come into his helmet, and he has to articulate and give out that information of teammates so yeah yes you did see that correct and i think that that shows the trust it also if that's the case i'm wondering is jordan hicks coming off the field more than we think like there's a lot of unknowns here and i think brian flores will be very happy to keep it that way until week one but your thing about the game on the thursday night in week two against the eagles is exactly right we're gonna find out a lot right there Mm -hmm. We're going to find out. Yes, yes, actually, we have more camp notes sponsored by my good friends at Finch Home Solutions. There are no bigger Vikings fans on this planet than the guys who drive this van, these vans, Finch Home Solutions. They love two things. They love the Vikings and they love making sure that any electrical issues in your home, no matter how big or small, are fixed. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're first class, they're efficient. Um, They come to your house, they tell you exactly what you need to know, and then they take care of the problem. I've been talking about this, but we're talking about, you know, if you need an outlet replaced, something that small, Finch can do it. If you need your home rewired, and some old homes need exactly that, Finch can take care of that as well. Right now, offering a free electrical panel inspection or for $199, a home safety inspection, Cody Finch and his team, top-notch MVPs when it comes to taking care of your electrical issues. 612-357-2604 or check them out, finchhomesolutions.com, finchhomesolutions.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Another update, Makai Blackman, um, who didn't do much work coming off that shoulder injury he suffered last week, didn't do much work on Wednesday in the joint practice, back with the first team today. 
Again, I think if he's healthy enough to play, he's starting on um, on the 10th of September against the Buccaneers. Now, the starting base package guys will be um, Caleb Evans on the right side, I think, and Byron Murphy Jr., who I'll get to in a second, on the left side. But as we know, teams now, because of the passing game, are in nickel a ton. So essentially... The third corner is a starter, and Makai Blackman, in my opinion, unless something happens here or he suffers a setback with that shoulder, he's going to be the starter. Now let's talk about Byron Murphy Jr. Going against his old team, the Cardinals, the past two days. Oh, does he look good. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that lots of people saw in a one-on-one drill against Cardinals receivers yesterday, he got in front of a route and picked off a pass, which was a really nice pick. Uh, today, in team drills, another pick. Byron Murphy Jr., impressive. And I asked Flores in his press conference, too, um, I said, what's the learning curve here, not just with Murphy coming from the Cardinals to a new defense, but just as importantly, this guy starts outside in the base and moves inside. Like, that's not the norm. That's hard. And Flores confirmed it's essentially, to a large part, learning two positions. Right. So Byron Murphy Jr. is going to earn every dollar that he's going to be paid because he has come here and been thrown into not just a new defense, but he's being counted on to be the leader in the cornerback room playing two spots. And as we have discussed, the nickel position inside is difficult. Like it is very convoluted. It gets difficult. So I have been very impressed. And I think the last two days against his old team, Byron Murphy Jr. has made a statement that, knock on wood, the Vikings are going to be in good hands, at least from the signing of him. And he probably does rank uh, as the marquee free agent pickup by the Vikings last March. Do you trust him to play as many of these snaps and be a viable option? Like, I mean, he's, he's being asked to, to your point, yes, Murphy, to, to basically step in right away, be the man in a in a position and room that has next to no experience outside of him. And I know Jawan Williams has a little bit, so I'll put some respect on his name, but I mean, it's, it's a thin position. And I just think that's such that that's such a big gamble that they're making. I know they have to, but it's just right. It's such a big gamble to me. Well, the slot position can't be worse than it was. I don't think a year ago, because it it was a, I, I think the PFF grades pretty much spelled it out to be a dumpster fire. Um, I like what I've seen. Now, Murphy did deal with injuries last year, and that does concern me. I think I'm more concerned about him staying on the field than I am breaking down from his uh, from his uh, play. And look, the Vikings didn't have a ton of cap space. They went out and signed Byron Murphy Jr. They signed Josh Oliver, who we'll get to in a second, because his role might be expanding as well. Uh, do I trust him? I think you have to. If he gets hurt, though, because this is where your point's exactly right. If you have an injury back there, it's really thin. And they clearly do. I don't think Andrew Booth Jr.'s style of play fits what Flores wants, because that guy has not gotten a sniff of first-team work in practices. Yeah, man. So yes, there is con- there is definite concern because of depth there, and that's another spot I've been curious about. Are they going to go out and try and solidify it? Are they going to try and make a trade for a not a big name but a known commodity? 
a guy could could they go out and get a Flores guy? Right. Because I mean that's I, I wouldn't want to bring I wouldn't want to bring in a cornerback who I had to train completely in the Flores system. But I think it's very fair to say that um, it wouldn't be surprising. Two things: it won't be surprising if they go out and get a running back, and it won't be surprising if they try to bring in a Flores cornerback. If nothing else, just to solidify it, he might not start, he might not play, but you are right. There has to be a concern about a complete lack of depth. And if Murphy goes down, it's going to be a problem. Then Makai Blackman goes inside. Jawan Williams goes to the outside. So I get where you're coming from. TJ Hawkinson, update. All right. Our guy O'Connell yesterday said, you know, I, I don't know. He might be practicing tomorrow. He might be in team drills. You never know. Show up and watch. Well, I did. And he was off to the side doing his own thing as tight ends did their individual drills. He's doing his own work. Um, no helmet, full pads on. But then, of course, as soon as team drill started, he's out. So he either has a bad back, a bad wallet, or a combination of both. Uh, but I'll reiterate what I said yesterday. Josh Oliver continues to get a ton of good work. Nice. And at the rate things are going, I think he's going to be a target of more passes. Now, I have no idea if Hawkinson's just going to give up if he does not have a contract on September 10th and say, I'm good to go. But I will say this. He is, he's missed a ton of time. Like you hold practice for a reason. Uh, so the loss of TJ Hawkinson being willing to practice and, or having ear and um, back problems has definitely taken Josh Oliver, a guy who was expected just to block and has put him into a receiving role along with my guy, Johnny Munt. But the update on TJ Hawkinson is, there's no update. He continues to find a way not to take part in team drills. Does it bother me to a certain degree? Absolutely. I would think it. Bo- I would think privately it bothers the team too. Yeah, this whole thing has become so bizarre. It's not even the fact he's he's just injured or he's dealing with a little injury. It's the fact he hasn't participated next of anything. And I mean, he must have one hell of an agent. You know, I'm rewatching one of my favorite shows, Entourage, right now. I don't know if like he's got an Ari Gold in his pocket or what the hell's going on there, but he's got a power agent that's just. No, he's trying all to all the dang strings. Oh, he's trying. You know, he's trying to get his extension now, and I I understand why. Uh, but welcome to the world now of hold-ins. So yeah. it's sort of this weird. Hey, I'm going to be there. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to take part in some parts of practice. But and so it's this weird. I mean, it used to be guys in the old days. Hawkinson probably shows up and does not show up on the practice field. Now he's sort of like okay, so they can say, oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. Well. At some point in time, to your point, it's weird. Uh, good news. Second consecutive day doing full team work. This is really good news. Brian O'Neill, the right tackle. Saw that. Yeah. Um, this is huge. After what we all saw of Ole Udo at right tackle, as much as I defended him previously on Saturday, it was a mess. Now, this leads to something that I think is a concern. Let's just say today's practice from an offensive standpoint First of all, we didn't have the – and it's partially based on drills, right, because they do red zone. So it's partially based on what the goal is and the drill is. But let's just say uh, we didn't have the vertical shots that we saw on Wednesday. And more importantly, Declan, let's also say the pocket was muddy a lot. We saw more. We saw another Kirk tip pass. We saw a Nick Mullins tip pass. And all I can think of is <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure coming from the interior. That's right. 
the center and guards. You're going against another team. And the Cardinals, while the Vikings on Wednesday had success against the Cardinals secondary, um, this time in trying to establish the quick passing game, things like that, especially the short, quick passing game, it did not look good. I don't know what the plan is here. I don't know if you can flip a switch against Tampa Bay, but I would say this. I'm worried about the depth at running back, and I'm worried about the about the depth at cornerback. I am just flat out worried about the interior line, and that's not a surprise. But you've got to give Cousins time. He has to have some time. And right now, and this is why I think O'Connell's eventually going to skew towards a guy that can actually get out of the pocket and scramble, but that's not Kirk Cousins. Um, from what I saw against the Titans in practice and what I saw against the Cardinals and their ability to collapse the interior portion of the line, if I am the Vikings, if I'm Kirk Cousins, if I'm KOC, I'm not sure I'm feeling too good right now. Because if you have a guy, if you have an interior defensive line that can uh, get a push, Declan, I think the Vikings might be in some trouble. No, it's really weird because I feel like last year, uh, obviously Christian Derrissaw took the big step forward and became a legitimate tackle in the NFL and he only played in you know half the games or nine or ten games his rookie season. And we had probably you know similar concerns to a degree about the offensive line a year ago this time. And now those concerns are so much different. You know, like how O'Neal suffers the Achilles injury and sounds like he's going to be back, but you have two on paper really good tackles. You had Garrett Bradbury finally take the big step forward last year and at least play at a competent level after being a disaster his first three years. And now I just feel like after watching the quarterback documentary and now, of course, what we're seeing in training camp, it feels worse, which is very, it's weird. Because we know more. it, it shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're right. It's because there's more evidence in front of us, but it feels weird that it's the same offensive line and multiple guys took step forwards and yet it, the unit still feels worse. Very well, I think the reason why it feels worse is Ingram. We didn't know much about, and he stepped in as a second round pick and started. And so at first I think we thought, let's give this a chance. Didn't work out. Well, he's back. And it's concerning. I think the Netflix documentary, more than any other player, exposed Cleveland, though. Don't you? I thought Cleveland did a better job of blocking until I watched how many times the poor guy was picking Kirk up. Yeah. Um, and Bradbury's a guy. Like, he yeah, he was improved, but he is ultimately a, a guy. Uh, but, yeah, I think the quarterback documentary showed just how bad. We knew Kirk got hit a lot. I don't know that we knew – what that resulted in until the Netflix doc showed up. But yeah, I think that there's definite concern. I think there is 1000% concern and look, Kirk cousins is your quarterback for 2023. That ain't changing. Mm -hmm. So you have to protect him. And if you don't, it's going to be a problem. And at some point in time too, the guy is tough as hell, but he's going to get hurt. I just, right. I can't believe that year after year, I can't believe that he's going to go through exactly what he went through last year. And eventually one of those ribs or his ribs aren't going to cause problems. Right. Yeah, totally. So uh, I get your point. A few more things I'm guessing left in your camp notes before I do though, let's shout out our friends at Fratelloni's hardware and garden stores. It's Weber grill season. And this is actually, this is no stock video. This is old Dex tweets grill. Had some shrimp on the Weber oh, grill nice. last night. Love me some shrimp. Okay. I, I'd love to grill up on my Weber 
I got I got kebabs earlier this week. Okay, I figured I'd take a little B roll of old Chef Dex uh, on his Weber Grill, which you can get at a Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Store. Tons of stores in the metro here. I'm out here in the east side of the metro. There's a few at Fratelloni's. There's some in St. Paul. There's some in White Bear Lake. There's a Fratelloni's basically everywhere in the metro. If you want one of those nice Weber grills, go check out our friends at Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden. Those kebabs seemed a little small. Is it just a shot? Let's see here. Yeah, I feel like it's just a shot. I mean, yeah, I had... yes, yes, it's yeah. a shot. I mean, because you pulled it... away from them, and I was like, they seem a little small. But yeah, when once you got the the uh, top of the stadium view, they look normal size. Good stuff. I, I would say kebabs and yeah. Uh, hold on a second. I'm going to check for my invite from last week for you for me. Oh, to you want to come you. all the way out here after always making fun of no, me taking airplanes? No, no. okay. No, no, because I'd have to take a I, I'd have to get the Zolgad helicopter. <laughs> all right, final notes. Um, good news again. Jalen Naylor back in team drills. So he got hurt the first day of camp. Came back for I think the walkthrough on Monday. And was doing some work, but then didn't do, I don't recall seeing him do any teamwork on Wednesday. Back this time, the wide receiver, and we've talked about this and we'll continue to, the wide receiver cuts are going to be so intriguing. Jalen Rager, to his credit, has had a, he he's had some tough moments, but I think he's had a good camp, if that makes sense. Totally. Uh, Brandon Powell, in my opinion, excuse me as my voice cracks because I just turned 14. Brandon Powell has the team, he's got the team made. Um Naylor's a guy I think that's going to make the team, but he missed substantial time. So are you going to ki- are you going to keep six wide receivers? Are you going to keep extra safeties? Are you going to keep three QBs? Where's that going to come from? So there's a lot of intriguing questions here. Um, oh, and then the, then the last thing, I'm sure he's going to be cut. And I think Phil actually likes this guy. Lucky Jackson dropped a surefire. He got oh. behind the Cardinal secondary, which lots of guys do, including JJ again. But of course, he caught the ball and scored on it. But l- poor Lucky Jackson got behind the Cardinal secondary. I mean, by 10 yards. Nick Mullins pass, right? Coming right in, went right through his arms. God, that must suck. I feel bad for him. I'm not saying I'd catch it, so I'm not passing judgment here, but it was Troy Williamson in Denver circa 2007. Go. Oh. Absolutely bad. So that's my camp notes. Final day of camp. It's done. The Vikings will play the Cardinals on Saturday. And then uh, the big uh, cuts from 90 to 53 will come on Tuesday. I believe, if I'm not mistaken on this, they need to be in by 4 Eastern, 3 o'clock Central. But thank you for all of you who have uh, religiously tuned in. Judd's Camp Notes signing off. Go ahead, Declan. Pour one out for uh, Judd's Camp Notes. And, uh, and also my phone's memory card, which I always have to delete every week from all the great clips Judd sends me. I, I, I it bogs down, the, bogs down all the storage. Judd's, Judd's sweating up his up, up a storm. I'm posting all these feeds. It's, uh, it is yeah, always a great job. time at training camp. Hey, before we say goodbye here, a quick uh, little update for you guys, the Score North audience that I'd love for you guys to help us out with. We have a survey going on right now. Go to scorenorth.com slash survey. And listeners can fill it out and enter for a $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, survey responses to are anonymous. It's one response per person. It just kind of tells us a little bit of what you like about Score North, how you listen to Score North, how you consume it and whatnot. So go to scorenorth.com slash survey. One entry per user, but you also get entered to a chance to win a $100 gift card 
on Amazon. Maybe you can buy Judd some sunblock or something, or maybe buy yourself some sunblock. I don't know. Whatever don't you want to get on. So no, I'm done. I'm done with sunblock till next year. True. Maybe you can. Yeah. And I think that stuff might expire. So don't buy it for Judd yeah, a no, year from no, now. No, no, no. The spray on stuff, solid too. I'm That's a fine. big fan now. It worked yep. perfectly for me. Yeah, I, I like the spray on stuff. If like you're active, the lotion I did once. I did, I hate the lotion. I don't like the, the lotion's lotion. fine if you if you're if you're you know sitting and you're not yes. moving. That's when the lotion's needed. Well, and if you're out at like the beach, it probably is fine. Yeah, to your to what you're saying. Correct. But the spray on, great stuff. Nice. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna say goodbye here. We got a feedback Friday tomorrow on Purple Daily. Uh, again, we'll be at the State Fair on Saturday as well. Uh, I'll have a vent line for Sunday too. So uh, that'll be on the look, be on the lookout for that right here on Purple Daily's YouTube channel. Ooh, lot, lot Working. of content. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow right here on Purple Daily. We just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die.